If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Ford and Dr. Drew. Here we are. We are here. We are here indeed. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. If you love the show, tell a friend. We love your feedback. Join the email list at doctor.com slash contact. You get a weekly email. And Susan, is the weekly email include the opioid uh, diatribe, the opioid series? Yes. Okay. Yes. We have a, we put a multi – Bob, you should read this. We put a multi-series ch- – multi-chapter series out about how the Look opioid addiction – The heroin. The heroin Bear Aspirin Company. Yeah. But how this happened and the history of it, all the way back into prehistory, all the way forward, all the way, and we're writing the Suboxone part right now, which is astonishing. So we want to get that part right. Uh, is I, that the, a craving suppressant? Stop drug? it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, on the email list, we cannot give you medical advice, of course, and I can, or even send responses via email. But if you don't, don't get discouraged because we will bring them here and we'll be reading them on the air and dealing with them. Also, please go to doctor.com, click through on the sponsor banner to support the podcast. We have a lot to offer. If you want to get some special prices on Bergamet, again, it's that uh, statin-like product that's over-the-counter, really good for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, good for uh, metabolic syndrome. Click on the banner at doctor.com. You get a 25% discount with the code DREW at checkout. We have these amazing products. And of course, Hydrolite, the Hydrolite, which Bob consumes, I steals from constantly. us. His junkie self steals from us, and then he consumes <laughs> mass quantities. I wondered if you were going to confront me on it. You are going to say, where are all those boxes of Hydrolite that we I, have? I am taking – the First Lady of Love has put these put these bags together of Hydrolite so I can take – I'm doing a drunk history episode. This I know. Week, I heard that. And she's going to have lots of Hydrolite there. Uh, there, that banner, checkout is Drew18 at checkout, and you get uh, 30% off that product. Uh, again, anytime you click on the Amazon banner, doctor.com, these amazing uh, – Am- we get Amazon associate points too. So buy our books. Your daily Amazon purchases there will really keep these shows coming. So it's my distinct pleasure to bring my friend Greg Gutfeld into the and show. And it was not easy. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> technically we got you here. Yes. Thank you for having me on a lovely Sunday. Yes, indeed. And thank you for putting a little time aside for us. Follow Greg at uh, – let's see. at well, Are you at Greg Gutfeld and at Greg Gutfeld show both? I think so, or just add Greg Gutfeld. You don't. You don't even have to follow me. Oh, please. It's okay. The new book is the yeah. Gutfeld monologues. Here is the front yeah. page of that. Do buy uh, that you book. Know, in about uh, uh, two months, I think, end of July. Turn the TV on. You'll see him. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's on Fox News, obviously, and he has a, he has the I humbly the best show on Fox Television, Fox News. Which is his Saturday night show, the Greg Gutfeld show. Yep, same name. Yes, thank you, and uh, thank you for having had me on there a few times. I, you know, I'm not. None of your cast is well. Maybe Cat is, but it's not the typical Fox News fair. There, it's just interesting people, which is why I like your show so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's 
I look at it kind of like as a cocktail party, but a really small one. And it's just people who are interesting. And, and I try to look at the terrain and I try to figure out, okay, I don't want to be like anybody. I don't want it to feel like any other show. So the people that I find are, are they, they have one, it's one criteria. They just have to be interesting. And, and, and they um, tend to be funny because Greg is funny. His monologues are amazing. Some of them suck. That's what I said in the, uh, <laughs> in the little blurb I gave. And, yeah, and thank you for that. And some of them are wrong, but that's okay. It's the, yeah. some of them are genius. And so go pour through them. Uh, and I just, I just like being a part of it because I just think it's irreverent and you take on everybody and, and everyone gets a chance. My question though is how'd you find Tyrus? He emailed me. A lot of the people that I've hired uh, were people reaching out to me. Like in the old days with Red Eye, uh, Andy Levy was leaving comments on my Huffington Post blog. Oh, my gosh. And we hired him. Oh, that's and, so uh, funny. Um, and Tyrus just emailed me and said – or maybe he was on Twitter. He just said, uh, I'd like to do your show. I think I'd be pretty good. And I, and I looked him up and I saw him um, – uh, wrestle uh, you know he had videos of him professionally wrestling and and he had a real personality and so, so i thought yeah what the heck and it turned out to be great in his first appearance he just kicked major butt and i thought <laughs> boy this guy this guy could be my ed mcmahon he he uh, categorically <laughs> is and he, he sort of i think he plays that role spectacularly he really is yeah. and then cat how'd you find cat um she's a writer for national review and uh, she was a regular guest on um, Red Eye, and that's how that happened. And then she, she kind of migrated onto other shows, and she kind of like started out as our ombudsman, and that didn't really work out because it was just it was like it it was it just didn't feel right. So then we just said just put her in as the co-host, and it's worked out great. It's great. Uh, it's such an unusual combination of people. Yeah, you know? yeah, it, it is, and that's what I love about it. Let me, I want to ask about Kat because I I've come to know her pretty well. She's very smart, very interesting person is i didn't ask her this i'm gonna ask you this but some of the stuff she says on your show like i I find stunning like stunningly smart is she preloaded for a lot of that or is that while she's sitting there listening to you she's coming up with this stuff i think it's probably a combination of both yeah Yeah. Yeah, uh, all of us the whole point of doing these shows is to prepare but never look like you you were preparing. Right. So you have to look like you're so quick and smart. But you see you see what I bring in there. I have like 30 pages of notes. Yes. Uh, oh no, I mean, you're I'm, prepared. If, if you watch me in the 5, you can see just this pile of crap in front of me. So it may look like I'm uh, 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 I'm coming up with this stuff, but I've been thinking about it all day. I go to the gym in the morning and I have the topics and I write stuff and I think everybody everybody on that couch uh, on the GG show comes prepared. They're preloaded. And I think the thing is, and you know this, when you pre- prepare for something, that allows for you to be quick and come up with something new right. that you didn't expect to say because your brain was already in a direction. You were, to use a Cialdini phrase, you were pre-suaded. Thank you, Mr. Adams. We'll talk more <laughs> about that in a minute. <laughs> but, but but be that as it may, yeah, I, I make a point when I go on your show of being sure I'm not locked in. That, that mm-hmm. the improvisation is really what is the name of the game. And yeah. so I, and it I'm can, always it can be dangerous. Yeah. It could be dangerous. Oh, it should every be. Time, yeah. But it, it's, I mean, you, you, every time you open your mouth, especially these days, you're jumping off a cliff. Oh, and, and if you're, <laughs> and again, I'm a super moderate guy. And so to be on Fox News is already like uncomfortable for me because I'm not sure, do I really belong here? Is that where I should go? But, but when I open my mouth, I always think, oh, God, here, here it goes. We'll try. Yes. See what happens. Yes. Bob, any questions for Greg about his show? Well, I've been talking about this thing. I was raised a uh, 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 Republican, Goldwater, 
Um, mm-hmm. My dad didn't live to see his his Messiah come in Reagan. <laughs> if yeah, you would have really. asked him in 75, he wouldn't have thought Reagan was the Messiah. Oh, interesting. Right? So I grew up in a real conservative household here in Southern California. Went to college, like many people do. Got radicalized. The El Salvadoran nuns were murdered. I don't know if you remember this, Greg. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a rallying thing. It changed my politic overnight. Were you already I, doing drugs then? Yes. Just drinking, doing okay. a little coke. Right. But but what happened was, and what I look back now, was the Iranian revolution had happened, and most of the Shah's inside circle came to Southern California. So oh, a yeah. lot of kids that I was in college with who helped radicalize me were Iranian kids mm-hmm. who were well-educated and well-informed, unlike a stoner American kid. A lot of Iranian Jews ended up here, too. Yes. Iranian and so, insiders and Iranian Jews. So I became enlightened, you know, and, and, and craved knowledge about it. And, and then all of a sudden, over the last 20 years, have just shifted more towards center, as everyone has fleed the center. Well, right. I'm not sure everyone fled the center. Was, I think we are all being hamstrung by the extremes. Well, I think he, most of us Greg are in brought the center. It up. I say some things like I said in the in the during the election cycle, I wouldn't vote for her if if she was the last person on earth. Mm-hmm. Being a Democrat, Greg, you can imagine what happened oh, yes. to me. <laughs> no, you, you, you're a traitor. What you did was, uh, and it was so interesting when you compare during that time the two parties because in the Republican area there were so many options that you could say. You know, there are people that just hated Trump. And you could say that, you know, uh, that's probably changed a bit. But like if you said <laughs> yeah. anything, if you said anything uh, against Hillary, that was you were you were helping the enemy. And, uh, and Do you remember what happened I, to me. But like, you know, like what you know, the opposite thing is somebody like me, when I would be critical of Trump, I would get compliments from the other side. And, and that would make you feel good. And it's a, they call it the strange new respect. When you get, when you get a compliment from the other side, it, it makes you feel good, so you kind of indulge that. So there's that other effect as well. Interesting. And, and so what's happened over the last two years to me is I've just tried to stay in the center. I like, I like Kasich a lot. As soon mm-hmm. as I bring that name up, because he has the R-E-P <laughs> word next to him, yeah. a lot of my friends just are crucified. There's all the Bernie hopers out there. I said something, uh, too— which was Bernie's a lifetime politician, a lifetime yeah. well, he's politician. Never had, a never had a job, right? Never yeah. had a job. And so a lot of facts just uh, you know don't seem to get through to either side. And you're there battling it on the on the right. What does it feel like sometimes? Because I watch you on the five. And, I'm and just like, before he answers, does he does he want to say something that he just knows all the trouble that he's going to get <laughs> well, in, okay. so he doesn't now, say it? Now you should answer. Because <laughs> I definitely don't say things sometimes because I just don't want the onslaught. Yeah, you know what? It's we live at a time now where it's like it's like you can choose not to look up at this giant cloud that explodes and just live <laughs> your life, and you it probably won't matter. But because of the internet, because of social media, something that you would say casually could destroy you yeah. or it could make four days of help you. Did, did you follow what happened with no effects recently? The, uh, Fat, the band? Mike? Fat Mike said something? Yes. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sure the, he did. About Vegas, right? Did you see that? No, they I lost didn't. all their shows. And I mean, he said something really stupid. But the thing is, you can't say stupid things and expect it not to stay. Now it gets captured. It's forever. It's on the bathroom wall that is Twitter. And, uh, and so I, I am now 
extremely careful about the things that I say. And maybe that's good. I mean, it's weird how religion is now replaced by social media. Well, that's, that's generally – I was thinking about this this morning, gentlemen. I was thinking generally how religious fervor – has been about religion has been referred re- replaced by religious fervor about right. suboxone replacement about you know veganism about mm-hmm. politics, transgender transgender whatever it is we develop religious fervor because we don't maybe it's because we don't have religion I don't know but I really was, a, I, I think that's true but I, think I was really we, looking we need a place I was yeah. really looking forward to talking with you Greg because I think you're at the center of it to me Lenny Bruce Richard Pryor. Um, Louis C.K., this George Carlin, this is where we heard things that, like what you're saying, that, that could come to haunt people, but comedians or satirists were allowed leeway, and now right. they're not. Now no, no, they're, no, they're not. They're not it, it's, it's, I think, um, like, I'm torn on, on, the, on, the, on this point. Like, why should comedians have a right that you don't, that you don't have right. I don't consider myself a comedian. I'm a, I was a writer, uh, a magazine writer who ended up doing this for a living, but like, why do they get special dispensation that I don't? But then you're thinking the reason why they have it is because they're in the front lines. But I know, but you know that they're editing themselves. I know that Kevin Kevin Hart and Chris Rock are not saying things they would normally say. But, But here's the one thing. They better be funny. You know what yeah. I mean? They're doing it in the name of funny. Well, they sure as hell better be funny. And sometimes they, unfortunately, when you're a comedian, sometimes it's a swing and a miss. And so they, yeah, have, they it, have to bat a thousand or they're in trouble. But the other thing, too, the hypocrisy of the, the audience is that it's funny. It's funny until it gets too close. Yeah. So if it's politically, uh, it's like, well, you know, I used to like this guy, but I don't think he's funny anymore. Mm-hmm. That just means that the person might have said something that upset you. By the way, people on the right do that and the left. Well, this is like, the part. This is what's got. Like, I love. I love. Uh, uh, I don't know. Who can I think of? That isn't in. Tr- Kevin, I, I love Kevin Hart. Still, he said that one thing. <laughs> people, <laughs> people are like that about everything. I used yeah. to like you until. Yeah. That's and, the phrase. And they, they believe that somehow that one thing, whatever it was, which may have been just some sort of casual not even consequential thought is yeah. speaking volumes about your internal world, about what you're right. thinking inside. This is a Scott Adams thing, right? That we can yeah. know people's thoughts by virtue of some casual remark they made. And the casual remark may have just been a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and you know the other thing to this point is the like Bill Maher's a good example of somebody who he'll say something that I just go, what a jerk. And then the next and then a week later he'll say something and I go, He's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 it, and I think that's the healthiest is to take people depending on the things that they say at the moment and yeah. don't like you say ascribe an entire character yeah. based on one thing. That's right. That's absolutely right. Now, well, that's thing- how life used to be just yes. 5 years yes. ago. <laughs> yes. But, but Bob, I want to tell you something that the one thing that was surprising to me about being on Greg's show, you asked about the the Soros he gets is that his audience is so appreciative of what he does and anyone that goes near him. <laughs> I, he doesn't seem radioactive to me. But there, I, get, I got tons of, Greg, really an onslaught of, oh, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good job. And we appreciate him. We appreciate you sort of being a part well, of it. Everybody gets that. Yeah, but, but I, no, I've I never had there, like that. For I this. know that there's nights on the five, because I watch it, that, that you're just like, I'm just going to get out of here alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the topics too, but there's no, there's a there's a there's a point where like you just go, what is it like? It's like you're. I'm trying to think what it is. If you, it, it's like like walking into a 
uh, a bar in an old Western <laughs> and you realize that you don't want to make eye contact with the guy at the end of the bar wow. because you might get a bottle over your head. It's, but it's, it's about ideas. It's not about people. It's about when you're approaching an idea in this bar, you could end up causing a complete, you know, you know, I don't know, riot or, or yeah. trouble. So, and, and, and there are, I mean, there are certain topics that you just, well, let's you, pick a topic. Can we, cause I really want to know your opinions about things. Paul Ryan, Mm-hmm. has really not held up his end of the bargain as the as as the leader of the Republican Party that he is. McConnell mm-hmm. McConnell I think of like there's no difference. McConnell's like a used car salesman. <laughs> but but I believed in Paul Ryan that he was going to stand up and yeah. and instead he's just walking out. Yeah, I, you know what? I think he got he is one of the people who got wounded by the change. And, and, and this is going back to what we talk about Scott Adams a lot, but the emotional effect of 2016, if you can't get beyond that, you will never get beyond it. And I think that, I think Ryan, like there's some people who haven't come back from 2016 and he's one of them. But I will say this, I never trusted Paul Ryan ever since he did that photo shoot working out in the gym. Mm. I never, I, that just that didn't sit right with me. Remember when he was lifting weights? Yeah, I do. Remember that? I, I just always fun. get suspicious of people who stay away from their children most of their uh, raised uh, child-rearing years, and then all of a sudden they need to get back to their children when yes. they're fucking teenagers, when they don't want to see you at all. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I don't have any kids, so I will never have that excuse. When I get in trouble, it's be, I'm going to need to spend more. I, I just really want to spend more time with my non-existent family. <laughs> It's, you know what it is? That's actually kind of it's bigoted. Why do why do why do they get that excuse? It's it's the craziest <laughs> excuse that uh, uh, you know that so many people have used over the years. Never get called on. There's there's a laziness in journalism. There's a laziness in the population of critical thought. Right? Oh my god! And so. So right when he said that, I laughed, and my wife said, "What?" And I go, "What a fucking chicken shit thing to say." I'm going to spend more time with my teenage daughters. Oh, they'll yeah. be happy you're home. Well, you but he, but he, the point, here's what I hear when he says that. I said, oh, you weren't there during the important yes, years, and now yes. you're trying to make up for it? Good luck. I hope yeah, he has yeah, our yeah. phone number. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what's through my head. It's the first thing. I mean, like you have all these crisis PR firms you know, that, that manage things. I mean, that's the first thing every person says. And can't they just say, you know what? Skip that one. Go to the next one. What would you say? What would you say if you couldn't say that? That would be probably a better thing to say. Don't say I'm going to spend more time with my family. Say, you know what? I'm going to take some time off and figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my well, life. You know what? That's you the know, more, more authentic. I'm, I work with a lot of those firms, right? The money they <laughs> get, the money they get coming up with these kinds of, I need to spend more time with my children. Thoughts and yeah. prayers. Uh, you know, this thing, I, I didn't, re- you know what I mean? And they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I just Jeez. sit in the room like, this is ridiculous. Nobody yeah. believes this. Oh my god! You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And it, it's you know what it is, but you know what the upside to this horrible environment that we live in, where every day there's a new scalp, there's a new celebrity scalp uh, a scandal. All you have to do, I think, if you're in crisis management, is say, eh, seventy two hours, it'll be somebody else. If I was running a crisis management firm, I would try to. Orchestrate, other orchestrate other corners. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing to do. Well, I, at yeah. one point, you know, it's sort of the Trump world where if you're not in a shitstorm, you don't exist. Yeah, right. it's kind yeah. of and like it's, that. It's it's just weird. But if you now, I think if you just put your head down, it, it might kind of blow over you. But people are so unforgiving 
when they join a mob, when yep. they're online and it, Dr. Drew, if you say something, yep. uh, even the, even people who don't know you yeah. will, in, will get that. And you guys must know that. And it's a, a, a really invigorating feeling to be part of a mob, to get that. Remember that the girl that flew to South Africa and made that joke, that AIDS yes, joke before yes. she got on the plane? Oh, yeah. Everybody was in. It was just like they couldn't wait for her plane to land so that they could see the response when she lost her job and her career. That, that to and me, I, I got none of that in me. I really, that to me is like just anathema to, to being a human being. But it's, I think I did. I think I did a while. I think I when I first. I think when you first get into some kind of political ideology or belief, there you. you I kind of felt that little mobby stuff. Well, now the and again. mob like it's in politics. Somebody, yeah, in politics though, I felt when I was a part of that, you know, Nicaragua, El Salvador, early '80s political movement. I really thought that we could stop this imperialism in Central America like the Vietnam War had been stopped because I wasn't informed enough of what stopped the Vietnam War. Mm. Right? It wasn't yeah. people standing in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was you know what's so funny you bring up El Salvador. I was involved in that in a uh, I worked I went to Sarah High School, which is in San Mateo, and we had a very left wing religious component. It was the it was the, it was the Central American that kind of like you know where they're left wingers that are like com- uh, religious. Yeah, 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 religion. yeah. They're yeah. they're like Je- they're like uh, Franciscans or something. Yeah. There's some sort yeah. of radical politicalization leftist thing that goes out of the that branch of Catholicism. Yeah, I, so I wrote we did, we actually did a whole paper about El Salvador that, about what what was going on. We did a special edition. The high school journalism class did it on, it was called The Journal, and all the articles were about what was going on in El Salvador and about the nuns. Yeah. And I wrote a, and I wrote a, hum, a humor piece called Frisbee Warfare. And it was like a, exactly an indictment uh, of, uh, of the American, you know, ex, uh, uh, exporting their beliefs into other countries. And it was a, it, it, and I think I was like 15 or 16. <laughs> when, I, when this was going on, it was like eighty one or eighty one, eighty two. Yeah. So I have two. Yeah. I have two interesting. Yeah, two uh, wait, radical lefties here. <laughs> I have two, but I have two interesting associations with this story. A, I went to medical school with the daughter of the the guy who invented the frisbee <laughs> at Whammo. The guy owned Whammo. 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 She's uh, a doctor. One. Yeah. And number two, um, the, the the daughter. Yeah. And, and number two, uh, I took care of tons of El Salvadorian refugees fleeing the Civil War back in, when I was in training. Lots of them. It was mm-hmm. bad. It was bad. Ortega's doing now. In I Nicaragua. Mean, he's, he's like a statesman. Yeah. 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 And he's like, I think he just, didn't he just put down some protesters? Yeah, like, I'm sure. Was, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so before we get into the suicide topic, which I want to get to with both you guys, I, I want to do one other thing. I, I wrote, you know, uh, I want Greg, you to explain to Bob. I've tried to get him to watch Scott Adams' Periscopes, and, and I, he won't do it. But explain to him why we are interested in him, because he's accurate and he predicts the future. And the, and the situation is very uncertain right now. To have somebody who is consistently predicting the future, it's very reassuring for me. Why do you watch him? You know, it's um, so one superficial reason is that it's kind of reassuring yeah, because in this, because we're living in a time of so much chaos, to have a reassuring voice that kind of is able to spot accurately, accurately, accurately yeah, yeah, and then and it turns out it's okay, and it's not as and it's not as bad, and it's actually pretty good when he when he's observing things, and it's a great way to set, for me to set up my brain when I'm when I'm trying to figure things out, and also it's non ideological. This is like a like the reason why. 
Trump screwed with everybody's minds. I'm talking about the people that I, I, I am good friends with and I work with is because you could tell he wasn't part of any team. He could turn on you. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. A, he, he could have been a Democrat or Republican. He, I think he chose wisely because the Democrats, I don't know if they would have been able to handle him, but he, he was not. He's not an ideologue. He just does what he, he runs by. You know, and I own. think he's very intuitive. And yeah. I don't think he planned to be what he is, but what right. he is evolved and works. Yes. And, you know, it's it's it's. He, I also believe that because he's older, he doesn't give a damn. There's something about him that's changed. But the, the Scott Adams thing is, it's, re, it's one, it's reassuring, it's non-ideological, and it makes me change my mind about ideological things and admit that I'm wrong. And he, he has a very specific way of getting you to open up about being wrong. Like, it's not bad, it's not it doesn't have to hurt to be wrong, right. and it's that is that it, it's really helpful for me to when think. I'm going like, well, maybe there was one thing he was talking about that he convinced me of that I knew I was right, but he's convinced me that I might be wrong, and I think uh, it might be video game. I think it might be uh, violent video games. He has. They don't. What, what is his theory? Oh, his theory? I don't his, think no, they have any right. impact. No, I don't think they have any impact. No, it doesn't accept do. on at-risk youth. It does. Yeah. And that's yeah, his point, did. and that's well, true. Well, yeah, that that's kid in uh, Sandy Hook kid, yeah, but, but it had on. an influence on him. Hold on. he did. I want to dissect two things <laughs> That's he said. bad parenting two that things. happened that caused Sandy Hook. Well, that yeah. was a parent in denial and didn't get that kid help. A lot of these parents are in denial. Yep, absolutely. one. Absolutely. Two things he said I want to deconstruct. One is you brought up what Trump has evolved into. He talked about something yesterday called fatalism, which right. is that Trump's – I think what he's what Trump meant by that is – and Scott made me understand this – is that he he's willing to go in and just just throw all the cards on the table and then whatever right. happens, happens. He's fatalistic Yeah, it's all going to work it. out. Yeah, it's all going to The bottom of his administration is let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's, well, let's, well, which is very, end, very I, w- I want to get your take on something that – Hold a, on, Bob. A let me said. finish. Oh, okay. Please let me okay. finish. Please. <laughs> So that was one. Number two, though, is that he made a point about the left trying to understand what's in Trump's mind, right? Right. And he has bogged something about all his so-called racist sort of uh, actions and statements that Scott Adams insists is fake news. Mm -hmm. And I think Scott is wrong. I, I think I think what I think Scott is missing because he has cognitive dissonance sometimes about his own analysis of cognitive dissonance, <laughs> and, and so here's his cognitive dissonance that he how people define racism has passed him by. Mm-hmm. It, it's not explicit racism; it's something far more broad, and it's all given the same valence. And mm-hmm. so all these sort of little hints of how Trump isn't paying attention to his right. implicit racism is racist. And Scott mm-hmm. kind of misses that. Do you agree? I can see that. I mean, look, I can see I have, uh, um, I, I'm worried about the, oh, the, the idea of implicit racism because I, the, 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 like the Starbucks training. I, I didn't, I didn't, but that. I didn't, but I didn't say there's a problem with it or not. I said, that's the way a certain population is looking at it. Oh, okay. And if you don't, and if you don't take, you if you don't understand it. that, you don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also, I mean, it's like, I have a friend who, when he, uh, when he, he's African-American, when he looks at Trump, sees him as just an old racist white man. Yeah. That's all, that's exactly what he sees. Yeah. He goes, and I, and I'm, and I'm thinking, I think in his history, he's come across a lot of those. Yeah. You know, so uh, he just sees an old white rich guy 
who, you know, but that's, who is, you know, that's who, racist who, who, in its inception because he's yeah. taken advantage of white privilege and all this stuff. Yeah. And so, and so he, someone's got to, I, I don't know what we, how, how we connect the, the sides on that one because people yeah. are not hearing each other. Again, it's Yanni and Laurel. Yanni and Laurel. It, it really is. Uh, okay, Bob, I apologize. Please, no, I, no. I don't want to get that. I planned all day to get that out. So go ahead. So, <laughs> so, so do you, well, now this has piqued, piqued my curiosity, right? Yeah. I think Trump is racist. I think we're all racist on a continuum. Well, that's, that's, I think we're yeah. all racist. Yes, I, I don't disagree with you, and I think there are a lot of people that strongly agree but with I you. But I don't, I don't necessarily know that that's as important as classist. Oh, well, that we haven't had that conversation right? yet. That's really what Trump is. He likes everybody if they're rich and famous. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but then why is it? It's so because see, I don't see that with him. I think he liked. I think he was into fam- famous people. He yeah. loves famous. Going okay. to concerts, you know, meeting meeting whether it's Bono and nobody, none of them like him because yeah. they were classist. Yes. To me, like like he's not cool. Uh, there's a class structure with cool and not cool, and Trump is not cool. His supporters are not cool. They're, they're, they're constantly made fun of as being not cool, uh, and that's why when you see the Hollywood revulsion. When you see the Sarah Silvermans and the Lena Dunhams, and they're they're cool. That they're basically what they're saying is that they have cool privilege, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. No privilege. They have cool privilege. I love it. So they can so they can say they can use the c word, you know, about anybody because they're you know what they're cool and you're not. And by the way, I'm I, I'm in the citadel of uncool. Yeah. There's no way, no matter what I do in life, I'm not going to be cool because I'm at well, Fox. I, I, but I don't mind because I like I actually think. Being uncool is actually the new cool. Maybe. Well, well or Maybe. That that's sense? that radical center Maybe. is what I'm talking about, yeah. right? The radical yeah. center. But one of the things I do know a little bit about where you work is an old acquaintance of mine took over the leadership role there. His name is James, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So James is not conservative. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've I never met like, him. I've never. I I've only, like, I, I know his father, but I don't yeah. know any other. Uh, I haven't met anybody. Else. I just felt like maybe Fox is gonna gonna expand, but now I just heard that he's he's being uh, taken out of that position, hmm. right? I'm, so, no, you, I'm the last person. I'm not. I'm I'm not in those meetings. But, I show, the, but, I, that, I basically, but how do you explain you being on Fox? Oh, that's. I mean, that's what makes. Fox, great. They put me on at 2 a.m. to start because they thought I was interesting. Nobody gave me any input. This is when I started Red Eye 11 years ago. They let me hire my friends, and we just did a great – and this is all uh, a combination of uh, people, Roger Ailes and John Moody and Bill Shine. The idea was that uh, um, you, you, anybody can do a show. Just throw them into the pool and see if they swim. And that's kind of what they did with me. And then they, and even when the show was horrible, and it was, I mean, if it you was, ever saw the first probably six I, months of Red Eye, it was terrible. I used to do that show. But I love doing it. I love it. Was, doing it. So it, got, it got great because yeah. we learned to swim and they stayed out of our way. And I think that's, so they, there are a lot of unusual, unique and fun people on Fox. Uh, and, and it goes back to this point that, uh, that Fox is not, the, is not a perfect network. It is a human network. Everybody there has a personality, is human, makes mistakes, and also has a sense of humor. There are funny people there. Um, if you look at another network, another cable network, it's like there are different slices of the same person, you know? Right. And you, that's not – you. There's a, there's a gulf of difference between me and Sean 
There's a huge difference between the five and Fox and Friends. There's a, these are like different, the shows are all different animals. And it's a, it's a, it, I think there's just more, oddly, more freedom in a center right world these days. And well, maybe I that's think, the pendulum yeah. because it used to be, it was the, you know, it was the right that were stuffy. And, you know, it was right that was the Dean Wormer. Remember Animal House? That yeah. was the right. Now the left is Dean Wormer. Well, let's see. Huh. CNN tends to like to bring conservatives on to shout them down. MSNBC right. doesn't even have any other view presented yeah. on, on their entire primetime setup, right? Yeah, no, it's true. So, they don't, they don't, it's a straight they, – they, they eliminated the idea of an, another side, and I actually find it entertaining. I like I, it better than the CNN version. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I enjoy – and also, the, I, like, I like – my favorite person at CNN is Jake – but everybody at MSNBC, most of the people there, I find more likable. Like, you know, Rachel Maddow will say crazy things about Russia on end, but she is, I find her intensely likable. She's just, I, I she just seems like a really nice person. Joe Scarborough's a great guy. I've known Scarborough for years. I've known Scarborough for years. He's a really so nice So let, let me just ask you this. So both of you, I, I have my own opinion of what the most important news thing is that's happened in the last year and it hasn't been covered by Fox. It hasn't been covered by MSNBC. It hasn't been covered by anybody. It hasn't been in any newspapers except for on a superficial level. And that is that the leader of China made himself leader for life. Oh yeah. And no one, that's real news, Greg. That's real (laughs) news. That works. You know know what's funny? (laughs) It it, kind of goes into this, how uh, uh, team sport politics is hypocritical. It's not such a big deal now that they're kind of a market economy, right? right. Even though they're, he's, even though he's right. a dictator, right. <laughs> it's you know, crazy. You know, it's, but it's at crazy. least they switched we, out the dictator every twelve years. Now they're just yeah. not going to. So they got yeah. a good one. What are you going to do? <laughs> they got a good one. That, that's the point. Like, they got a good, that's the point. It's like, how in, can in, that not be a discourse in America? I think it's, you know what. Maybe in a different era when we didn't have the. In, we're in a constant news cycle. Like that's got to be um, if that's on the bottom of the list because frankly, it's not as interesting as Trump. Yeah. Trump no, ex- but John, yeah. John expands to fill the room. But expands, Paul Ryan I, needed to be talking about it. What's yeah. he going to do? Mitch McConnell needed to be do? talking about it. What are they going to do? The, what? What are they going to do? Well, let yeah, me tell you one thing point. that I know that I was told by somebody who I really respect. Eventually it gets down to Russia, uh, America, the West and China. That's it. It gets down to that. Mm-hmm. Right. A war of civilizations is not Islam against the West. It is China and the West. I see. I would disagree. Well, well, just hold on. Who sure. would you rather have on? Would you rather have Russia on the side of the West or on the side of China? Because if it's on the side of China, it's game, set, match. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Geo- I geopolitically I, I agree with that. and economically, it is game, set, match. I think that's match. why Trump wants Russia in with us. And I think, yes, I think that's what the whole Russia thing is about. But since you brought up uh, Islam, I would say that what worries me more is an existential belief in the afterlife as the the motor in your actions in radical Islam and Islamism. Uh, That worries me because like Russia and China, they're not going to – the mutually assured destruction – you know, we we don't want, we're not going to blow you up. You're not going to blow us up. But if you believe that the more people you take uh, gets you a, a quicker a quicker road to heaven and a higher place in heaven, that scares me. The idea, the the uh, the existential uh, apocalyptic ideology, 
That scares me because yeah, it only takes one just, guy in a dirty you're, bomb. You're getting, back, gets, you're getting back to the thought police. So, so let me give you an example of moral equivalency. It okay. was very much known that bin Laden was trying to get a dirty bomb. He, he was actively seeking it after 9-11. Anybody who works in intelligence will tell you that. Guess what, Greg? Nobody sold it to him. Mm-hmm. There was a South Korea, North Korea didn't yeah. Russian oligarchs didn't the crazy uh, con guy and in 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 in, uh, in Pakistan didn't no mm-hmm. one would because there's a there's a greater good I believe right I hope you're right I do that, that's but, what I truly believe but do you think okay if you, let's take Omar Mateen the the shooter in Orlando. Do you think if he had access, he would have gone bigger? I think any any of those guys that are take that believe that they're going to take their own life in this is go, would 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 choose the greater devastation if it if it was available. That's yes. what worries me is that there, yes. there are more of these loose cells than there are you know uh, countries and that and and they're everywhere. I might be now granted. You know, I think about this probably too much, and I, <laughs> I, I joke about it. I do. I, and I've had debates where I believe that this is the mirror of other people's climate change. The way people are consumed by climate change, I am consumed by uh, the uh, the possible dirty bomb. Or, uh, or why don't you uh, why don't you bring Sam Harris on your show? Um, I've actually asked him, and he has said no. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. And in fact, I actually reached out to him through uh, Penn Jillette a long time ago, and um, I think he was worried about probably being on Fox, although he has softened. He's been, on, he's been on the O'Reilly factor a couple of times. Yeah, he has softened his position. He's he's now he's now saying that, oh my gosh, what would have happened had Trump not been elected? What would that population that is so discontent have done? Is he actually saying that? Well, somebody convinced him of that, and he is he wow. has really softened his rhetoric. Can, what do you can think? I tell you a funny story yeah. about listening to Sam Harris yeah. and um, geez, uh, Andrew Sullivan? Yeah. They did a podcast where it was all about why you shouldn't vote for Trump. So it was a two-hour podcast yeah. with Sam Harris and Sullivan and two really articulate, articulate brilliant guys. Great, great guys. And, uh, and so what, but Andrew Sullivan goes, now before, we have to be fair, before we take Trump apart, I'm going to tell you why Hillary and the Clintons are terrible. And <laughs> 25 minutes. And then by the time he gets to that point, He's convinced everybody. They have to vote for Trump. <laughs> and I'm like, going, wow. I go, if vote. this is supposed to be an anti-Trump podcast, they failed. Because and what now is I will and never isn't vote for it, isn't it the, Thank you, Andrew Sullivan. Didn't we get a good glimpse of what Bill Clinton's all about this week? With yeah. The, oh, my God. Uh, oh, oh, like, he's very angry. Well, hey, not angry. what does a post-Trump world look like? <laughs> hold you know, on. Because we're on. all going to hopefully live to see it. Hold that thought. <laughs> hold that thought. Hold that thought. Uh, we are going to – I'll let Greg answer that question in a minute. We're going to take a little break, and th- then we're going to transition over to suicide. We've got some calls on okay. that. Okay. And uh, really uplifting stuff. Everybody. <laughs> from, dirty, from, dirty, from dirty bombs to suicide. You get it all here. We get it all here. Thanks, Greg. We'll be right back. All right. Well, you've heard me speak about the supplement Bergamot for about two years now, and most recently their sport formulation, which helps reduce inflammation, shortening workout, muscle recovery time. But I want to come back to the formula I originally got me excited about the brand. That is the Bergamot Mega Plus. Yep, the Mega Plus O uses key extract from the Bergamot citrus fruit. It's a unique fruit, extremely rich in polyphenols. They've been shown to reduce the risk of heart disease, polyphenols. And Bergamot Mega Plus O works like a natural statin, right? For these medications you use to lower cholesterol. Well, this works in precisely the same way. In addition, though, it addresses another condition called metabolic syndrome, which is abdominal fat, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure, insulin resistant, 
metabolic syndrome. It helps with that. It also helps with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, physicians can recommend different pharmaceuticals for these conditions, but Bergamet Mega Plus O offers the all-natural solution. Cardiologists and physicians worldwide do recommend Bergamet. Its effectiveness is the subject of many scientific publications. I've taken it myself. I have recommended and have patients on it right now. And for a limited time, Bergamet is offering our listeners 25% off any of the supplements by entering the code DRDRW at checkout. That is Dr. Drew, all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit bergamet.com. That is B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T, B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com. And remember that use that code, Dr. Drew, at checkout. All right, we are back. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for supporting those that support us. I got a Great. text from somebody that's saying, where is forgiveness in our society? Uh, forgiveness uh, good point. and gratitude. That's, that's the most important point. Forgiveness, gratitude, man. Those are the two things that are in humility. Forgiveness, gratitude, humility. We are low on all. But what are those the essence of? They're the essence of love and compassion, right? If you're living a loving and compassionate life, those other things just are a byproduct of it. But, you know, you've talked about the – it started this about the absence of religion. Yeah. And you hear people like Sam Harris struggling to figure out what do you replace it with. Yeah. And maybe these are the signs that we need something uh, to replace it with. The fact yeah. that they're – like every Sunday you were to, you went to Mass and you were told to forgive, right? Yeah. We don't, we, nobody goes to Mass anymore to be – well, obviously a lot of people do, but – but no, you, but but I've <laughs> but, been I've been to mass and it's politicized, especially in the evangelical community. Oh it's a, God, it's a great. political kind of statement. I I was I'm an atheist, but I go to church. How about that, Greg? For mm. a little bit different. <laughs> so I was pretty amazing. So I was going go to church. The, you, out because, you go for the um. Not the, the community, the, the community, yeah, the and, community the, and, and the, the kind of ideas exchange. It's good for his soul. And, it's good, and, for good for him. It's good to so. And someday, maybe I'll believe, <laughs> right? But it was beautiful. There's this hippie church out in Joshua Tree where I lived. I went all the time with my friend Victoria, who's a great, great human being. And then the drums of war started to – 2003, right? Mm-hmm. And the sermon started to be about you have to support this, you have to do that. And I saw how politics in, uh, has infiltrated and and inside American religion, and it's, it doesn't have any business there, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the other thing, too, though, because, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, uh, mass shootings, suicides, community. You, can, yes. you actually knew what was going on yes. in somebody else's yard or somebody else's family. Everybody knew each other. But there was, because, what, I, I have this theory that our community is being replaced by the community of Instagram and the status inequality of Instagram is making you making people more envious and angry about their yep, life because 100%. They're, not, they're not comparing each other. They're not they're not talking to the na- the neighbors. They're looking at the fact that Kylie Jenner, you know, has 14 million followers and she's younger than you and she made 400 million dollars. Or they see their friends and like I was well, thinking but, about this but, the other day. but 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 America has always been like that. But it, the Kylie Jenners of the it's world were the people now. that people aspired face. to be, yeah. rather mm-hmm. than you know. Which it, isn't started, it started <laughs> long before that they even existed. Which is this hatred of the one percent. The one percent were always admired and uh, yeah. something to aspire to. True. To to be yeah. excellent at what you do and make a great living for your family and make a, a comfortable existence for your employees. You That's like lost now. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. All right, let's you, take. Um, you know what? Though the other thing too about this. Oh, geez, I just had a, a thought in my brain and it was really important and I lost it. Let it go. We're talking Let about. Go, it'll come oh, back. Oh, um, 
you know what it, you know what I was thinking about if I was in eighth grade let's go back 45 years maybe I was in eighth grade and there was a birthday party you weren't invited to chances are maybe you didn't know about it but Instagram will show the parties that your friends are going to that you weren't invited to. Let's say yeah. you're in high school. Yeah. So you can actually see it's not just about the fame. It's about the status of people in your school. Well, there's know? also something going on in birthdays because birthdays are a big part of my world. I got little Jeez. kids. You have to invite people you don't want to because you don't want to hurt their feelings in a politically right. correct world. So all your parties are a bummer because a bunch of people you don't want to be there are there. How about that? <laughs> All right, let's get a call here about. I hope none of the parents are listening. Your, your kids, <laughs> no, friends, parents. No, are I'm, not, I'm just talking about my own birthday. Okay. <laughs> All right, let me get let me get to a call here. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Uh, go ahead. Uh, let me get the call up. One second, Josh. Go ahead. Oh yeah, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, yep. I just wanted to know if, what you thought about suicide rates and what's happening recently, and seems to be going up a little bit more. And I feel like. It's the same animal with the suicide killers who decide to kill people before they end their own life. And the celebrities probably have a different way of dealing with it. That's the way I look at it. But I was wondering what we can do to kind of stop the suicides first and then maybe the other stuff. Later. All right, we, we got to figure out what it, what it is to do that. But go ahead, Greg. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I always focus because I'm not a medical expert, obviously, but I'm in the in media. I always focus on the media piece to this. And I do think there's a relationship between coverage and suicide, there's there's data on that, um, and it's why the why law enforcement implores uh, local media not to not to publicize teen suicides because they always see the copycats emerge. Teen so teen I'm, copycats that happens with yeah. teenagers. Yes, yes, and the same thing. I you know mass killings. The the mass killer often has is oh it's almost always found with clippings or a, an obsession with a previous mass killer. I think this. I think you know I don't I don't see that as a a reason for the suicides. But the way the media covers stuff, the blanket, often romanticizing. And I made a joke on the Gigi show that if Romeo and Juliet hadn't been written, would there be less suicides? Because you're teaching, <laughs> you're teaching the romantic suicide notion of it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's... But it's like it, there's a there's a, a dark romance to depression. Depression, unfortunately, all of our well, great writers and, well, and and performers, we always read about the dark side, and it adds to the to the substance of that person. And I think that the, the media should be more responsible, but by the, I don't think, I think that the horse. No, I think, I think the, no, here's, I have a really serious, I, I've thought of suicide many times. So I, I've been in the middle of this conversation. I knew a lot of the people that have committed suicide that are, that are high profile, right? Mm-hmm. My conclusion is there is some discouragement going on with modern media. It makes overly sensitive people feel hopeless. Mm. It's just that extra component that everybody hates each other and everything oh. is so vicious and ugly, whether, whether you know. All right. So, it, so, so let's so, add up the score. So people who have depression and suicidal tendencies yep. or idealization don't have the luxury of plugging in as much as the, re- as the rest of the population. Because it toxically tra- affects them. It toxically yeah. affects. Yeah. I felt it myself yeah. at, right after Trump's election. I, I really? Fi- yeah, it's just yeah. like this negative energy constantly and nothing positive being said. Mm. You know, I and I That's hearken, why you need to listen to Scott Adams. <laughs> I hearken I hearken really? but he I think the gold really age is coming about about means um, and it's it, when you're reporting on suicide it's important not to report on the means because if it, it, it prevents right. the visual and also if the means 
chosen is effective and simple and, and neat. Like it's not messy. If yeah. it's not messy, right. you will see an uptick in that kind because nobody wants to leave a mess for their family. I would also argue, Greg, that the naive quality with which it's portrayed, there is mm. almost zero association between the syndrome of Anthony Bourdain and the syndrome of a Kate Spade. Kate right. Spade had chronic, severe, recurrent, depressive episodes. We don't know what was going on psychologically, what was going on stress-wise, interpersonally, a lot of stuff going on. Anthony Bourdain was a heroin addict who was drinking. Mm-hmm. That is a very different phenomenon. Anthony Bourdain's life. How do you life, know she wasn't an alcoholic? We don't know. We don't know. It could have been stuff, stuff there too. It would make well, sense, right? If you, if you, if you, if you see, this is what I hate about this. We always have to use the examples in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah, right. I, I don't yeah. like talking about Kate Spade. I don't like talking about Anthony. I don't. I'd rather talk generally. So generally, exactly because there's so. That's the most important point. Yep. If if if, if any. And any average American commits suicide. He's not going to get the press. No, he's not going to. He's not going to be. And the we're trying to stop the numbers, the forty-five thousand in two thousand sixteen, and stop it from becoming fifty thousand net last yeah. year and a hundred thousand soon, right? And mm-hmm. my belief is community. Yes, community reaching out to people. That's the thing that I say has kept me alive. There's about a handful of but, friends, a dozen friends, who I can count on to tell me the truth. And guess what, Greg? Sometimes they told me, you need to grow up. You're being a fucking baby. Right? <laughs> right. And, yeah. it, and it's said in love. Like, I know this man loves me. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to help me. And he's frustrated yeah. with, with what's gone on the last three or four days. Right? Mm-hmm. Other times, it's you need to get back into therapy. Other times, it's how many AA meetings are you going to? But we people are so disconnected, like you said, with Instagram and Facebook and, and, and overwhelmed with, with this feeling of community, yet they have none. Right. Right. That's exactly right. If flesh meetings, bodies and space so are I don't necessary. Care. I don't think we're going to change the society, but we can educate the individual who suffers that you need to build these bridges. You need to have people in your life or you're going to hang yourself from a doorknob. All right. So we, we would say things like mutual aid societies, yes, families intact, extended well, families. families, that's where it's Just broken. Hang on, hang on. Communities of all types, churches, all these things should be highly, highly reinforced in the media, frankly. That's where people yeah. are going to get that message. They don't know. Remember the book Bowling Alone, Greg? Remember that book? No. Oh, it's a great book. It's about how the how we've had a marked decrease in clubs over the last 50 years, 60 years. Remember, We're attacking you know, clubs. Yeah, the Optimist like Club. The Optimist Club. My mom was in it. She wasn't an optimist, but it had the word connected to it. <laughs> I, but you know, I, now it's like people see clubs as exclusionary. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and I, I, feel, I feel that way too, frankly. I, I do. But there must be some modern incarnation we can come up with that substitutes, that gives us that which we need in space. Hang on. We'll get another. Oh, my gosh. We've got lots of questions coming in now. Let's uh, get Steve. But, uh, but I like to say it's the responsibility of the sufferer to reach out. It is not the, the responsibility of the society can't solve it. I guarantee you that. The individual has to reach out, know that I'm afflicted, just as if you had diabetes and you take insulin. You need to let people know how you're doing. You need to be active That's and true. involved in your recovery That's or true. you will hang yourself. Steve, go ahead, Steve. Steve, we hear you. Yeah, thank you. Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. Okay. All right. Well, it's great to talk to talk to you, all of you. You guys really have amazing. I know you guys all the time. Amazing podcast. Um, very, very informative. 
I think you um, you are, Dr. Drew. You're a very uh, respectful, um, genuine team. Like, team, I mean, it's all it's all relative, but it seemed really genuine. Thank you. Anyways, Anthony Seem. Bourdain. It's all, all relative, Greg. It's all relative. It's relative to Greg and Bob. <laughs> Unless he says something you don't like, then it won't yeah, seem like he is. Until, until you disagree with him. Hey, I used to like you, Dr. Hey, Dr. Drew. I know. I know. Yeah. Hey Bob, I never, I never, I didn't know who. I mean, I, I, I I'm 42. Um, I, I'm mid successful. Um, I live in Santa Barbara, California. Oh, beautiful! I'm from Las there. Vegas, Nevada. Um, Bob, you, I, I, I love your story. I love your perspective as well, and uh, just stumbled upon learning about you. Um, anyway, guys, I guess what I'm calling is, I uh, probably have three to four ounces of alcohol a day. I've been doing it probably, I don't know. 15, 17 years, I do believe that it's my way of coping with, um, not coping, handling things. It puts me, is it ever, let me ask you this, is it ever a good thing to do as, as it's talked about alcohol so bad, but at the same time in moderation, I don't think well, it let is. Me, let me try to answer it. Let me, let me try to answer, drugs. Steve. We'll, we'll, uh, Bob, we'll Bob a chance, too. Is that the reason people use drugs and alcohol for a period of time is that it works. The problem with alcohol is that the slow fade into not working is very difficult for the individual to see. It's the people around you know it, but you don't see it. So people around you may have a very different perception of this coping strategy. And, of course, there are always better coping strategies out there. It's your unique biology that has you driven towards alcohol. And the Benzos prop- would work. Yeah, great. They would. I know, but, but that, so, I think so that's what out. half of so America would, is on uh, them because of what he's seeking and, and solving with alcohol. So what's your, what's your answer for him? Well, it, you know, I like looking at other drugs that everybody understands. Marijuana, I, I, I call it the five-year snapshot. So when somebody starts using marijuana as a coping strategy or a stress relief, it works great for about five years. Then that next five years becomes they become a little less sharp. They're a little boring. They don't. They're not as active or involved in their families or their work as they were. The next five years are always a disaster. If you smoke pot for fifteen years, you will get to that third five years. Sometimes it's faster than fifteen. Yeah, years, yeah. So. But I mean, I'm, he sounds like a very. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, but I, I get, I get that. But but okay. But I'm talking. I'm, I'm a pretty. I work out. <clears throat> excuse me. I work out four to five times a week. I, I run thirty miles, um, and anywhere from twenty to thirty miles. So I do keep myself. In shape, I, I How's your relationships healthy. with I your know. family? I'm sorry? How are your my relationships with, with other... your family? I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I didn't... How are your relationships? So, so alcoholism is defined as, as negative affecting of your work or school, right? Your interpersonal relationships and your hobbies and interests. Right. So you're claiming there's no effect on my hobbies and interests, running, doing, staying active also like that. Also finance and health. Finance, uh-huh. legal, and health also. And I honestly, I, I honestly do. I, I, I never put health think, on um, it. Doesn't, it doesn't affect. I think it does It does at times. But it does scare me that, that I have to because I, I grew up that I didn't, I didn't have to. I'd never used it up to a certain age. Um, and then I did, so so I was able to cope. And okay. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, we all have our problems. Well, it's We're working. It's, it's working. It's working it's well working. for you. And it's, it's going to be. It's impossible to talk people out of it when it's working for them. But do ask the people around you what their perception is if they believe it's working as well as you do. It is because this this is the thing, Greg, about what we were talking about community. All problems humans have 
that are of a mental health or spiritual nature are solved interpersonally. Mm-hmm. By ourselves, we're in denial. We don't see things. We need other pairs of glasses to see us. That's where the self comes from is interpersonal exchange. And, of course, everything else comes from that too, including meaning and fulfillment. It all comes interpersonally. You know, um, to, the, to his, uh, you know, as somebody who drinks, I drink, I probably drink every night when I get off work and I drink when well, I look write. what you do I, for a living. I, I Chief, why not? Yeah. <laughs> anybody that works at, that's, that's for everybody that works at Fox. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, my rule is, uh, you know, if you ever make a fool of yourself once, you know, if you make a fool or if you embarrass you, the people who love you, that, that to me is always like the thing, like when I see it in other people. Uh, if you have a friend that just completely embarrasses himself, that's when, and generally people who are really smart, uh, when they do, when they hit that threshold, it's, that's when they know if you embarrass. And I think it's, it, it's always, always just good to check yourself. Like this guy is checking himself. Yeah. It's, it, it's actually kind of healthy to say, Hey, is every, is, have I increased it? Have I increased it? Do I know that I'm increasing it? Is it how, how's work going? I'm getting promoted. Uh, things are going well in my life. It's always good to kind of, Self exam, just exam. That's I think that's a good step. And, and Most Bob, people with problems don't. And Bob, you know? and Bob, everyone thinks Bob and I are like the party kill guys. Like, no, we, never. Not at all. Not at all. We not like one, we enjoy. Do what I you like want. People like, to have fun. Yes, and yeah. and if it works for you, great. But the, just you know, we we also though because we have so much experience working with folks. We're intuitive about where somebody's at, and that's all I was really using but to sort of help that guy. We just but talked what to Steve. I, what I've noticed in our society is this: using substances to cope make you less agile, less strong at coping. Yes, right. It There's no coping. denying that, yeah. right? Meaning there are healthy coping strategies and less ho- help healthy coping strategies. America is convinced that chemicals are the coping strategy. Well, we've lost if the If you idea. can't sleep, if your leg yeah. is irritable, if you had irritable bowel, if you're this, if you're that, you need some medicine. We've lost right? the idea. We've lost the ability to accept and tolerate ordinary misery. Yes. And, and if we don't, and if you don't have ordinary misery, you can't develop grit. Because and that's you know, what we're talking about. And now that's where you get back into the whole world of persuasion is that you have, if you have an idea in your head, chances are that idea will leave at some point. It's yeah. like if you, if, if it's like, it's like, uh, uh, if, if you want to drink, um, chances are that that feeling can pass. Yep. You know? Yep. So well, like, there's, a, there's an old AA saying. There's an old yeah. AA saying that I was taught is how do your beliefs line up with your lifestyle? with your life how do your beliefs line up and if they're completely delusional to what your lifestyle is that's what denial is yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that's right so i think mine line up perfectly <laughs> it looks like you're in downtown la in one of those lofts on spring street no, behind you he's in new york you know, you're pretty you're pretty close i mean i'm downtown new york close yeah. to spring street i see there soho yeah i see soho yeah. buildings in the background that's what i see yeah uh, sunny. It's sunny there. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's sunny and it's raining at the same time. Oh my god! I know exactly where you are. Is that where you live? I'm not. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, no, hey, but I mean, I hey, mean no, that that a- building across the street is kind of is easy to identify. It's it's. it's <laughs> oh, that, wait a minute! I know. Said is spring. That, wait, that's spring the Led, Prince. That's the Led Zeppelin physical graffiti building. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go here now. Wait a minute. Let me go. To, now I got a mirror there. There we go. All right, we can cut that all out if you wish, but be that as it may. Um, Soho is so funny. Like, everyone lives down there. I, I walked right into, uh, oh, no, I forget his name. My 
John Malkovich, like like walk right, like nose, well, yeah. nose is almost met. You see it, some really interesting people. Yeah. I saw Kanye West at the gym yep. last year, yep. and he's and uh, and it was just like you're not supposed to be, you're not, you're supposed to be working out in some private heavenly, you know, gym in the sky, you know, psych, away from psych the, ward at UCLA. <laughs> well, what do you think about all the Kanye stuff, Greg? I mean, everyone has their I think own. It, Go ahead. I, I think it's incredibly uh, uh, healthy to hear anybody deviate from the conventional assumptions and i'm not talking it has talking to be somebody strong celebrity like in hollywood and, and entertainment and music there's no more pc you could find no more pc person than a music journalist if you go on pitchfork or you go read the quietest these music sites they are the most callow writers and it's so it's, I, I always like to see musicians step away and do something that that makes those people nervous, I guess. Yeah, and and that's that's what an Amer- that's what a liberal democracy is, Gregory. Supposedly, <laughs> yes, it is. Supposedly. <laughs> what what was the name of your band, Bob? It, it was called Thelonious Monster. Yeah, you should see the documentary. Very popular with the, the rock critics. See the documentary. So I don't don't be talking down my only fans. <laughs> there's a he, there's a documentary about Bob out there called uh, Bob and the Monster. It's very good. It's really a I'm great watch documentary. It. Yeah, Bob I, and uh, the Monster. I, I, I always I always uh, enjoyed uh, his role, your role in uh, Celebrity Rehab. Is, well, uh, you don't you don't know do you know our, his and my history together? No, probably don't. So just we were the, buddies he, until Drew turned his back on me because of my drug problem. Right, that's essentially what happened. And, and, it's an after-school special. I, I was not. Uh, I was not as skilled in treating the condition at that not point. Not my either. kind of level. Yeah, not your. Nobody could deal with Bob's level, and so I just said, "We all got to let this guy go." Fast forward like ten years. 12 years? Yeah, like, like well, the 92 is when you had the police called on me at K-Rock. Okay, and so at a radio station. <laughs> and, and then maybe and that 2000. That was like in 2000. Yeah, I like think 8, 12 years, 10 years later. I'm giving a lecture, and there's this guy that looks like Bob Forrest in the front row. And I, the whole time I'm giving a lecture, I'm thinking, oh, my God, well, Bob Forrest is dead. So there's no way this is not Bob Forrest. And he came up to me afterwards and asked all these great questions. And at the end, he goes, um, hey, you know, we knew each other one time. I literally, my feet almost dropped out from under me. I was so dead. I turned being, white. And Greg, it was being filmed, and you can watch him on film looking at me like, who the hell is that guy? And it's so funny. And it was, uh, what was the guy's name? The Bill guy, Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye, the science guy yeah. episode. Yeah, it was a Bill so, Nye episode. You know, that's a, but that's a good story because I, I have current people in my life that are where you were. Yeah. So that means there might be some hope. For well, there's oh, always there's hope. Always there's always hope. hope. It's but, amazing. But yeah. here, let's just talk about the night. I know you didn't have me arrested, but there was a guy <laughs> who was who was talking about sex in a way I didn't like on Love Lines, and I just lived up the hill, so I came down and was going to beat the guy up, and I demanded <laughs> to be on the air with him to beat him up. Just, Apparently, K Rock didn't like that, <laughs> and there was all of a sudden a police car in the parking lot where I was parked. Not and my was it Adam <laughs> Not my nose. No, way long before, way before that. Is, is, <laughs> but, Who was that guy? It was Ricky. It, it was Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Rackman. And I thought Ricky Rackman would stand up for him. me. I remember the metal guy. <laughs> yeah. So, Rick, yes. so then I stole Bob from a couple of organizations music, and took him. Music cares is yeah, what it really is. And I is. took him over to my hospital, and I could just see his talent and things, and we developed him into this great, not just therapeutic expert, which he already kind of was, but an administrator at the hospital and, and exposed him to what it is to work in a psych hospital. And, and it was rough. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. I'm a, you know, but I decided Drew convinced me to sign up for learning something that I was uncomfortable learning, 
Which he only, used to walk around the locked unit going, this could be any of us. This could be us. any of us. <laughs> this could be Greg. Greg, you could have had a bad night and you'd end up there psychotic. We have to have compassion towards these people. He didn't quite have a – and he was very worried about psychiatry's intervention. Then he developed a pretty skilled uh, spectrum of understanding of how these things work. So. And, and that gets back to the Kate Spade thing. Yeah. You're assuming she's primary psych. Oh, oh, I'm I, saying there's an addiction component to her. Well, I originally heard that, but then I heard all the denials, so I'm going to accept the denials at, at their face. I'm just yeah, saying. No, just it's, saying. this is what gets so hard. Greg, I wish we could pick people who committed suicide five years ago and talk about them. That's kind of over. Well, right? which is the point, that a lot of the suicide in this country is from the opiates, from the benzos, from all the overprescribing. And not, no, uh, but i got to tie together. It's because the coping strategy that they use for years doesn't work anymore. Yes. And so there's one ultimate last coping strategy – which is doorknobs and and you know that it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and what's let me just say, on. while you say that, I don't disagree with you. But but let me just pull Robin Williams out of that conversation because what people forget, he had Lewy body dementia. Do you know? That, I know, Greg? I know. And, his and life was hell. I'll, I'll do a tit for, for him, tat with suicide you. was an and, reasonable thing, and so was it for Hunter S. Thompson because of his addiction. Pain, pain, crippled pain, couldn't I, walk. Opiates, dude. You know well, what that is. You know. Cocaine, dude. You know what that is. How he do you know that cocaine could've. didn't contribute to <laughs> Robin Williams' thing? This oh. is how we do it, Greg. You see this? <laughs> it's, it's like Rochambeau with drugs. It's like paper. <laughs> well, it actually is rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, Greg. I love I, having you. Yeah, it's so I, nice to have yeah, you. Yeah, we've kept you've been very generous oh. with your time and we'll, we'll This was a bit of blast. And yeah. we got it, Bob, when you get out to uh, New York, you have to do the show. Oh my god. Uh, I'm gonna, to. If you don't mind, so I'm gonna, I, I would love to do it with you if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring I'll bring him out. I swear to God. I'm trying to be, do this rehab with Lehigh University, but anytime you get tied in with some sort of bureaucratic nonsense, it t- it's supposed to be up and running by now. We haven't even really met yet. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know Lehigh very well. I spent a lot of time in the Lehigh Valley, so I know the uh, I know the area. Oh, Allentown, so affected by opiates. You must have a bunch of friends that are just devastated. <laughs> no, Bethlehem. Well, it's, um, it's interesting. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I'm like, I'm back. I, I talk to a lot of people who feel that they're being um, unfairly targeted because of the opiate, um, the opiate crisis. That their drugs are being taken away from them. But, and I know oh, that's yeah, for, for sure. Greg, for Greg, sure. One, one thing though. One thing I want you. That's to, true though. No, I know it's true. And I, I dealt with a woman yesterday with this. You know, if, if you're taking six Vicodin a day and you've been on that for ten years, please stay on that. Yes. But, the, yeah. but but if you have a chronic pain syndrome and you're on a large concentration of opiates, there is you will get better coming off it, and there is zero clinical evidence that what you're doing is has any benefit to you. And mm-hmm. it's endangering your life. That's the science. The opiates yeah. don't treat chronic pain. I can't say that strongly enough. It's not like we're saying, oh, but these poor people are suffering. We're targeting them. No, they will be better. I guarantee it. I guarantee it because the science is clear. The opiates are creating the pain and maintaining it. It's clear. It's Do you just, get a lot of response from the pain, the, the, like the pain network? They want us dead. They want us yeah. dead. That's all. <laughs> except, yeah. except they write to me, and I and I'm you know I get a lot of, of really heart wrenching stuff. I, I'm telling you, you know? there's no evidence that that is what's happening. The science is it's exo- the opposite. So they can't they can't see that because they're in it. But I've t- Bob right. and I our last ten years of our career. That's all we did was we do is take people off opiates. That's all we do. And mm. three weeks later, they're tap dancing. Wow. And they're and they it just happens one hundred percent of the time, and so it it's not like unless somebody has some 
dramatic organic issue that you can sort of see. Even then, there's better ways than opiates. Opiates are not the answer. Read. The, have you read the book Dreamland yet? No, please. I you told me to get it. Please. I'm going to get it. Please do, read Greg, it. I'm going to yeah. do what I did. Just watch the documentary. It's much easier. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about documentaries? They're basically our books. Yeah. Yeah. Like, They're the Cliff Notes like, versions of books. Well, yeah, Dream, exactly. Dreamland, the, the pain thing is how we got into the opiate crisis. It's how we got here. And it's it cannot pull us back into it again. And it's not if, – if I thought for a millisecond that those people were going to suffer by taking off their pain meds, of course I wouldn't advocate for that. But they're mm-hmm. suffering because of them and they can't see it. And yeah. so that's and you the could, issue. The problem is you can't convince them of that. Right. That's right. That's the problem. So, so. Greg, we got to hang out sometime. I'm coming to New York. Going to go Definitely. to Lehigh. Absolutely. We'll work it out. And yeah, it, it, and if you guys do it together, that's even that would be great. D- done and that's done, good. my friend. I, I will yeah. make sure of it. Uh, uh, sort of a, by way of wrapping up, remind everybody, uh, KBC 790 and KGO in San Francisco. Look for us there. Me with Lawrence. I'm on with I, You know I have Lawrence Yvonne with me every day. I love Lawrence. She's, she's the best. She is the best. She's, she's a really best. good partner. It's uh, amazing how her, her life took a turn. Right. The last day. Oh my God! But right. uh, KBC.com. Hey, you know, in an hour and a half is the five repeat. So if you're uh, if check you it watch out the five again, check it out, everybody. I'm uh, sorry, the GG show. No, it's the GG show, not the five. GG show, confused. and then the the five. Does the five re-air? I thought it was just live, and that was it. No, no, it's just at five. Okay, so I the, got confused. Greg Gutfeld show. Check it out. Uh, I cannot recommend the show strong enough. Uh, to me, it's. I mean, if you like. If you like, you know, ideas. Well, no political. Everyone likes the Daily Show. Everyone likes Colbert and stuff. This is that better. I think I just like Greg's way of doing it. It's I don't just, like John Oliver. All right, much. whatever. It's the same. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, zone. I'm but- smarter than you. <laughs> for, for 25 minutes, I'm smarter than you, and everybody laughs, and it's just like I don't know. I'm I play the fool. My show is I'm not pretending to be smarter than anybody. Uh, and it's obvious. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Mind wow. everybody, uh, this like hashtag you live. I've got the Dr. Drew podcast, doctor.com. Me and Adam do a daily podcast now. Greg, I don't know if you're aware about that. New oh, Swole. No. Yeah, we that's do it. Great. He and I do a daily one. Swole Patrol, the, uh, and of course, Weekly Infusion. Find us all at This Life Podcast and tell us your shot, thoughts at hashtag you live. Hydrolyte, don't forget our friends at Hydrolyte, who I just cannot advocate strongly enough. That That is a hydration product. The, everything else on the market is nothing compared to this. I, that's the simplest and I can say. I'll leave you it. with this. This is a text from one of my f- friends who was an opiate addict in pain management clinic. I totally lived what you and Dr. Drew said on your podcast. You get so much better when you get off opiates. I had more pain and more serious anxiety and panic attacks on OxyContin than I have since getting there you off go. it. That's it. And that's been our That's the hope. That's Greg, been our right experience yeah. without exception, Greg. So that's why we can say it in sort of a blanket way. Now, of course there are exceptions and treatment needs to be personalized and I get it and whatever. But let's let's be clear here. This is not a treatment for chronic pain. It's just not. Right. So Greg, thanks so much, buddy. We'll see you see on you New later. York. Bob Thank and I'll come guys. visit you. That was right. great. Bye bye. Bye bye. We'll see you next time. Well, I think everyone's aware we just went through a terrible flu season and uh, allergy season coming up. Hydrolyte. Stay ahead of your hydration. Quite simply, Hydrolyte is the best oral rehydration product I've ever tried. I've said it a million times. This is an exact product I intended to create because I knew we had a need for it. And these guys, apparently they own Australia and they brought it over here. And I can't say enough about it. My son just had a norovirus. He was extremely sick. And we literally avoided hospitalization by keeping him rehydrated with uh, Hydrolyte. So uh, I am grateful to them. Uh, I, I understand what this is. This is... You know, this is the kind of replacement you need if you're dehydrated, if you're vomiting, if you have diarrhea, if you're working out hard. And just in daily in life, some people tend to not pay attention to staying hydrated. And this is the way to do so. It's more than water. you got to understand, water is one piece of hydration. But the solute, what's in the water, 
is what really gives you the volume replacement. So whether you're sick or not, you can absolutely benefit from proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water. Hydrolyte does this better than sports drinks or certainly better than water alone. Great flavors, orange, berry, lemonade. I, of course, like the fizzy tablets that you put in a bottle of water, and there you've got them. Uh, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times your electrolytes with 75% less sugar. Solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-follow instructions. So you can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or at hydrolite.com slash drdrew, D-R-D-R-E-W. And for a limited time for our listeners, you can save 30% on Hydrolite. Just click on the banner on my website at drdrew.com and use the code drdrew18, D-R-D-R-E-W-18 at checkout at hydrolite.com slash D-R-D-R-E-W and use the code D-R-D-R-E-W-18 at checkout and get that great discount. Hydrolite, you will not be disappointed, I promise. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, me and uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Zinc One I Do By Myself, Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Yeah, it's the Swole Patrol, the best podcast about fitness and being super buff. Mark Bell is our guest, and he's super Jackie Bench presses more than you. I can guarantee our guest Three names because he's fucking huge Talking to Vinny Tortorick Once again, he has a documentary about fat And you will eat fat, but you will get thin All veiny and all swole And our guest is Chrissy McHagney She is awesome Guest is Steve Tim And he is super buff And he trains celebrities And Olympians So he knows what he's talking about We have our first female guest And she's awesome It's not because of me too Or if the time's up It's because she kicks ass And she knows a lot She is Natalie Jill At NatalieJillFitness.com At NatalieJillFit On Instagram and Twitter I think that's not on here But we'll go with it now We're talking to a girl with a big ass And she made it the proper way She had negative ass I can't believe it Now I go on Instagram And look at Abby's ass And I have to go be by myself So my wife doesn't see me Masturbate to pictures of her ass And her thighs Oh yeah that was amazing. Right, that was a really good song. Good yes. freestyle. Ah, the, ah, it's fantastic.